Well, today it is, as you know, the last Sunday of the year. We want to end this year strong. So we've invited uh, somebody that's home folk to us, but uh, an evangelist most weekends of the year. We've invited Ron Rhodes to come and share the word today. So I want you to just, just get your heart ready. Are you ready for the word today? I'm not convinced by that response, but I'm just going to believe it anyway. I'm ready. Would you put your hands together and welcome Ron Rhodes as he comes. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, we're so blessed. Amen. How many are glad to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. It is. We made it to the last Sunday, the last week of 2020. Uh, we are survivors. Amen. And we're going to thrive Thank you, Pastor, and so much uh, for, for being our pastor, for being my pastor, and uh, allowing me to uh, be able to uh, come and share today. I really appreciate you and, and your family. Uh, we are blessed, guys. I, I, for, for in March, this, this next March, in just a few months, uh, by the grace of God, I'll hit the milestone of 25 years as a full-time evangelist, and, and that is... That only points to God's faithfulness. It has nothing to do with me because, trust me, I wouldn't have made it. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I, uh, I so appreciate a pastor that embraces the, the fivefold ministry gifts to the body of Christ. Uh, the Bible is very clear that to have a healthy church, we need all five uh, gifts of the body of Christ, and one of those being an evangelist. And as I told the first service, I literally had never thought, even considered being an evangelist until three weeks before I became one. And uh, that meant I completely had to step out in faith because uh, the staff position that we were in, uh, the church provided a house. So uh, when I resigned, so we had no house, uh, they provided, you know, obviously a salary. They even uh, paid for our health insurance and a retirement. It was a really good uh, situation, um, but uh, when God speaks to you, amen, uh, you know that you can step out and know that he's going to take care of all the details, and uh, I'm reminded of, uh, it's not the church that I was on staff at, but it was the, the church that uh, we had uh, had as our home church for many years, and the pastor uh, that had been in, in my life for a long time, and I'll never forget when I, I approached him and told him that I was I, I felt like I was supposed to become an evangelist and just start and and <laughs> uh, he would have me speak on this Sunday every year, Pastor, which was a real blessing. It was a a, a church that runs about 800 at that time, and um, uh, they would they would bless us every year. So usually, what is a difficult month for evangelists uh, of December because of all the holidays, it's harder to get booked. Uh, he would have us, but. For several years, this is how he would introduce me. Uh, obviously, that was the church that we attended then, and, and uh, he was like, well, uh, uh, when Ron approached me uh, and told me that he wanted to become an evangelist, that he felt like God was leading him, I didn't think he would make it six months. <laughs> he, he repeated that for year after year. Uh, which was really just turned into really uh, a humorous thing. But really uh, uh, what he was saying was uh, that was his way of saying, you know, uh, I may have looked at the situation and just didn't think this would pan out. But uh, when God's the one that's uh, doing the moving, uh, how many knows that he takes care of all the details? And so 
uh, and, and for the last five years to have Wrightsville uh, Assembly of God as, as our home church. We so love you guys and so appreciate you. And, and, and my wife uh, is here, and uh, she's holding our precious little gift that we're on this journey with right now. And uh, it, it just uh, is truly amazing. And so thank you so much for uh, standing with us and praying for us and supporting us. Uh, Pastor always encourages me to let you guys know how you can be connected with us. This is our home church. I know you don't see me often uh, because I'm always uh, traveling, uh, but my my wife, uh, Heather, obviously you see her, and uh, we we so appreciate you guys. Uh, and like this year, like so many, uh, it's been a year of incredible stretching of faith, uh, and I, I recently looked back and just counted how many uh, times I was able to minister, and it was less than half of uh, the year of what I'm used to, and that's, the, that's how we pay our bills and our income. It's, 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 it's more than that. It's our calling and our passion, and, and if it wasn't for people just uh, being led by God, just random people and churches and individuals throughout the year uh, that put a check in the mail or slip something in our hand is literally how we have made it this year and we, how we've made it for 25 years. And so thank you for praying with us and standing with us and, and agreeing with us so that we can continue. And uh, I, I literally represent Wrightsville Assembly of God all over the world and uh, am always so blessed to be able to talk about uh, our home church and if you want to follow and, and know more about what we're doing, uh, you can uh, find out about that on our website at ronroads.org. And we also have our Facebook. Uh, and if none of that works, just ask Heather because she's usually around. So um, it is uh, such a privilege to be here today. I want you to stand for the reading of God's word. If you would turn with me to John chapter 11. Um, I, I know that this has been a very, very difficult year for, for so, so many people in so many different ways, and, and I'm just uh, blessed, and I know Pastor is blessed, and, and God is blessed that you would choose uh, to take this last Sunday and say, you know what, we're going to be in the house of God, and what an incredible time of worship, and what an incredible time we had in the first service, and I know that God is going to honor the fact that you got up this morning and came to the house of God. Uh, God's going to honor that, and uh, so we're going to finish strong, as Pastor said. We're going to finish 2020 strong, and how many knows the great thing about 2020? It means 2021 has to be better, right? It has to be better. The only way is up, right? I'm having to convince some of you, I can tell. But it's going to be a great year, and, and God's got all the details, and I, I pray that the message that God speaks to you, um, uh, I flew in last night. Uh, I was in Oklahoma with my family this week because my father is, is to the end of his life. Uh, they brought in a hospital bed into uh, their home for him in the last few weeks, and he's, he's going downhill, uh, and uh, because of uh, uh, our little uh, girl right now that we're walking through the process of foster to adopt uh, because she's still in the foster system. She's not allowed to be on an airplane right now because of COVID. And so uh, it was a little bit uh, 
difficult, to be truly honest, to be away from her on her first Christmas with us and my wife. But uh, uh, my father, uh, his birthday is actually Christmas Day. And uh, so he was hanging in there for the benefit of all of us, even though uh, I know that he is he's ready to go. He's in a lot of a lot of pain and suffering and dementia and uh, and then my mom and dad's anniversary is uh, this coming Thursday on New Year's Eve. And so I uh, uh, had a moment. I, I spent two nights with my mom and dad, and then we all went to my sister's and her husband's. And uh, my dad, um, for the two days that I was there at their home, he kept saying, when's the day? And he was referring to his birthday and, and Christmas, but he wasn't saying it like that. And it was like every day we said, well, it's two days away. He said, I, I thought it was here yet. I'm, I'm, I'm you know. In other words, he was letting us know that uh, he knows uh, he's, he's getting ready to uh, uh, take off. And uh, my mom says to him uh, on Christmas Eve morning, she says, you know, you can't leave us tomorrow. You know that, right? You, you can't leave us tomorrow, which is Christmas Day and his birthday. And then she said, I'm going to be selfish for just a few more days and, and want you to hang on for one more anniversary. And, um, and then she said, even though I don't want to, I'm going to release you and, and, and you go ahead. And uh, I, uh, just in that moment of caught up, I was like, Dad, can I just be really honest? When you're on your way, would you just grab my hand and take me with you? <laughs> I don't know if anybody else feels like, like that after 2020, but you know. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess got in last night and um, um, God woke me up this morning at 3.45, and I am not one of those people that uh, has God wake me up in the middle of the night to speak to me and, you know, those people that make it seem like they're more spiritual because God wakes them up at 3.45 in the morning and they roll out of bed and get out their Bible and their pen and their notepad. Yes, God, I am ready to hear from you in the middle of the night. I'm exhausted. I am not that person. Uh, so it, it uh, took a little bit of me laying there wide awake, realizing God says, I, I'm, I'm needing to give you a specific direction from where I thought I was headed. So it doesn't get any more fresh, guys, than this. Literally, uh, this morning from 4 a.m. until now. John chapter 11, I just want to begin reading in verse 32. And it says, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He's referring to Lazarus, his good friend that had died four days previous Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? 
Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone. Take away the virus. Take away the pandemic. Take away the suicides and the depression. God has that authority, church. He spoke that. It wasn't a question. It wasn't a suggestion. He literally showed up with a divine purpose and that death was not going to have the final say. It was Jesus Christ, resurrection, life giver. He says, I am showing up even if it appears that I am too late. Let me assure you, church, Jesus and God is moved deeply by what has happened in 2020. He is not a distant God. He is not a faraway God. He is not a God that is happy about 2020. He is not a God that is condemning and judging. He is a God that is deeply moved and weeps when we weep and is moved when we are moved. And when he sees what stands between him and the answer, he literally says, take away the stone. Get out of my way, whatever is standing between you and the victory that I bring. Today is a day, God, that wants to move in our lives, and he has that authority, and he's speaking that authority into our life. Father, may these next few moments be the most powerful, Lord, moments of speaking to the body of Christ after a very, very tough and long year. God, there are some that have walked into this place completely broken, completely overwhelmed with the situation. God, maybe even people that we love and we care about are, are laying somewhere, just like good friends of ours, Lord, that I, I spoke for just a few weeks ago in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and the pastor's wife, her brother, just a young man, has been on a ventilator for 26 days. Literally not knowing if he'll wake up. God, I know, just like Mary and Martha, that sometimes... We can get caught up in your timing and we can get caught up in the situation. And Lord, I know that when you've literally had the funeral for your brother and he is a great close friend to Jesus Christ and you reached, they reached out to you, Jesus, and yet he did die and he was placed in a tomb and he had lay there for four days. I know sometimes the situation can begin to creep into effect our faith. But today we are going to be reminded. We are going to be encouraged. That perspective is everything when we know that it is you that we serve. And even if you show up four days or four years, four months, four decades after what we cried out for a move or a miracle, we will not stand in the way. And we will not allow the situation to dictate the outcome. So God, with the authority of the Almighty God and the power of the Holy Spirit, 
take away the death, take away the virus, take away the chaos and division and suicidal thoughts and depression and the pain. God, whatever it is standing between us and you and what you have desired to do, and that is to show up and give us life and happiness and joy and peace and a purpose. God, today is that day that we declare in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Um, as I mentioned, I flew in last night from Oklahoma. I, as an evangelist for 25 years, of, uh, by virtue of my job, I have to get on an airplane, multiple airplanes, usually every week, and to fly somewhere in the world. I'm presently, I think I've flown around 3 million miles, um, and uh there is something that for those that maybe have never flown or maybe you haven't flown very often, there is a flyer's perspective is what I, what I called it and what my wife, I assure, can tell you that she has heard me say many times, uh, maybe when it was a gloomy or a dark time and she's probably saying, yeah, you've told me that a hundred thousand times already. I got it. I got your flyer's perspective, but this is the flyer's perspective that everybody knows that flies. That you can you can take off from an airport that is uh, pouring down rain. It can be cloudy. It can be dismal. It can be uh, snowing. It can be just a dreary, dreary day. But there is a perspective as you fly that when you take off, you will eventually get through the clouds. And when you burst through those clouds, you see the most bluest sky and a sun that is always shining. The sun's, the sun never stops shining. Just sometimes our perspective is blocked. 2020, 2020 has been one of those years that the clouds has tried to block your perspective. That God truly is not dead. He is not distant. He is not unaware of what we're going through. And as you see with these sisters that were brokenhearted and they were devastated and, and and what a what a powerful moment and I you know what I'm so thankful for I'm so thankful that God is not afraid to be honest and open with the word of God because you know what he could have made the bible a lot more positive and not shown perspectives like these because thinking about what his image is, but he doesn't have an image problem. He's not worried about what you think his image is. He is a God that even if he shows up later than what we would have wanted, it still doesn't affect the outcome. What a... What a thing to say for Mary, and I know we've all been there. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many times maybe have we said it this year? Lord, if you would just take away this virus. Lord, if you would just have done this thing. Lord, if you would just provide this. Lord, and may I encourage you today. 
If you follow me on Facebook, you will see if you look at the post I made this morning, I put some pictures up recently that I took. I I have become jaded a lot in times as, as a flyer, and, and, and when I started flying, I always asked for a window seat. How, how many like window seats when you fly? You like the window seat? Yep, yep, I understand that. And now I'm so past that. Get me an aisle. I, I just must be transparent. I am 51 years old now, and the bladder doesn't last as long. So having to jump over everybody and they're, they're, you know, they're asleep or they're watching something, uh, I just figured out a long time ago, just get me on an aisle. So it's just easier. It's just easier. And the reality is, and I, I'm reminded of a time that, that uh, uh, my dad disappointed me a little bit because uh, of the frequent flyer miles in a situation. Uh, I was able to give my dad a, a trip of a lifetime, and he was able to join me uh, for a weekend in Switzerland because I was speaking in Romania the week before, and then I was speaking at an international youth camp in Switzerland. And I had the weekend off. I wasn't, and I was, so I wasn't going to fly all the way back to the U.S. And so I was telling my dad and mom a few weeks before that, and and he just joked. And he said, "Well, why don't I join you for the weekend?" Which is a huge joke. I mean, my dad didn't even have a passport. Anyway, through frequent flyer miles, I was able to uh, give my dad a business class. Uh, international plane ticket to join me in Europe for the weekend, which you have to understand, my mom and dad are just blue-collar workers, and, and we were very poor growing up, and, and this is, I've never seen my dad act like a kid until that weekend that I, I got to just do something for when your parents do so much. I was able to give back a little bit, and I've never seen him let down so much to be able to do something like that, but I, I was so excited. I was going to meet him in, in Germany, and then we flew from uh, uh, Frankfurt, Germany, down to Geneva, Switzerland, and uh, I was so excited to, 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 to meet up with him and find out how his, his flight was because I had spent a lot of extra miles to get the business class seat as opposed to the economy seat because I wanted him to be able to have a nice meal and a big old nice seat and it lays down and be able to sleep and enjoy this and all this extra attention and all this, you know, and, and so I was like, Dad, how was your flight? And, you know, what was your meal? And did you get good sleep? And what did you watch? He proceeded to tell me that for the 10 hours he looked out the window He couldn't tell me what he had. He didn't sleep. I'm like, are you kidding me, Dad? You don't have any miles. But, but it, was, it was a perspective that you, when you look out the window, when you are at 36,000 feet, there is a perspective that only God has. And sometimes we need to be reminded, church, that yes, down here it can be gloomy. Yes, down here it can be a, a coronavirus uh, that has moved us into a pandemic and moved us into situations that we would have never believed. If one year ago I would have tried to convince you that one virus out of one city out of China could literally stop the entire world, you wouldn't have believed me. The advanced technology and the medical progress of just America has been stopped in its tracks. And the most vibrant economy was slammed shut in a matter of days. 
So if you haven't found a reason to start living for God yet, Lord, I don't know what you want to go through before that happens. Because this has been enough to let me know that America can let me down. The medical technology can let me down. The economy can let me down. But I stand here today, and those that know my testimony, I have an exposed immune system. It is the joke of many friends and family. If it's out there, I will catch it. And I don't just catch it. I catch it with the full force of whatever it is. And yet, so many have told me, because I have been now back on the road uh, uh, traveling as as much as possible, even though it's less than half. And I have been traveling uh, once the quarantine was over since May, and I've had over 80 flights, and you cannot social distance on an airplane. I don't care what all the other things are. You are sitting in somebody's personal space. I have traveled and spoken and have prayed and shook the hands and anointed people in altars across the U.S. since this started. And I am coronavirus free. I have never gotten it. And I'm not to say that in any way boastful. I could get it this week. That's not the point. The point being is, is that God is about taking care of you. And whatever your situation is, just like Mary and Martha cried out to God. And they said, Jesus, we need you now. Your, your really good friend is sick and he's dying. And he didn't show up. But let me tell you. Jesus showing up four days before is not the point. Do you know that we would not know anything about Lazarus probably if Jesus would have showed up and healed him? You know what God's looking for? He's looking for a chance to give his son more glory. And showing up and healing someone, as great as it is, Come on, how many knows you get a little bit more mileage when you can just raise somebody from the dead? Right? You don't understand. Let me, let me make it for as real as I possibly can. I spoke a revival recently in Camden, Arkansas. In the middle of a pandemic. We did Sunday night. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sunday morning, a woman in that church, incredible prayer warrior. I mean, she was like, I think she was like 71, faithful member of that church, showed up on Sunday morning. I, I sat right over here on the front row, and she sat right behind me. She sat through that entire service, through the altar time. And then the pastor came up and dismissed. She proceeded to Come talk to me. She said, Ron, would you pray with me? Because I'm, I'm a mom right now, and I'm really scared. One week ago, on a Saturday night, my 47-year-old son, she has a 52-year-old son as well, two grown sons. She said, my 40-year-old, 47-year-old son had his house burned down last Saturday night, and he lost everything. So he's staying with me. So knowing that we were going to start revival this morning, I invited my son to come to church with me this morning. But instead of him coming, he ran out of the house that morning and he said to 
to me, he said to, to his mother, he says, Mom, when my house burned down a week ago and I lost everything, I pretty much lost everything, everything, every will to live. Are you a mom or a dad? Are you, are you a brother or a sister? Do you have any family connection? Do you know that in that most desperate moment, a mom has to be freaking out? Like, what did my son mean? What's he going to do? Where is he at? Why she came? Why, why, why did she come to the house of God, even though knowing she was in a moment of chaos and not knowing what was going to happen? Can I tell you, church, you've got to make God the priority in 2021. It's the only way things get turned around in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your, in your finances. Come on, church. We need to make God the priority. And when we make God the priority, he will make us the priority of turning the things around that we don't even know how to take control of. This mother literally was saying, pray with me. I, I come to church. I sat through the entire service. I stayed during the altar, and I even stayed until after dismissal so I could come and say, could you pray with me because I'm getting ready to go out of this church, and I'm getting ready to go try to find my son, and I don't know what I'm going to find. Church, if 2020 hasn't taught us, Anything else, may it teach us that when all of the world is caving in and everything is, is, is out of control, may we understand that God is always the right choice. Suicide will never be the right choice. Giving up on your marriage is not the right choice. Giving up on your children, giving up on life. I prayed with her and I, I have to be honest I've wrestled with this the pastor his family took me to lunch then I went to the hotel and then we came back that night and we preached the next day was my birthday and even though I didn't tell anybody the pastor had somehow found out and so on that Monday they took me to breakfast and they were taking me to play golf there's another man in the church that joined us, so there was three of us. Around noon, exactly 24 hours from the time that I stood right there in an altar and prayed with an incredible woman of God, a faithful woman of God, right when we're getting out of the vehicle at the golf course, the pastor gets a call on his cell phone. He steps over to the side and takes the phone call and and then he hangs up and he calls the, the man that was with us over and they spoke. And then I would find out that the mother had just walked out to her yard and found her 47-year-old son that had just stuck a pistol to his head and pulled the trigger. He wasn't dead yet. He was bleeding out and gurgling and and a mom is literally looking at the worst possible thing that she could probably ever look at. 
Why don't I tell you that? Because that's the world we're in right now, and there's a lot of people with desperation, depression, discouragement. And if there's ever a time that the church needs to be open and available, it is now. And if 2020 has ever taught us anything, it is church is not a building and it's not a service, but it is a people. But we as a people have got to come together and we've got to be encouraged and we've got to draw closer to God so that when we walk out into the real world that we live in where people are thinking about giving up, ultimately we are sensitive enough and we are strong enough and we are encouraged enough that our loss does not mean we are lost. Our loss does not mean we are lost. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, your fellow students, their loss does not mean they are lost. The enemy wants to convince us of us. Jesus says, take away the stone. And what was the sister's response? He stinks. What's one of the first things that tell us that we possibly have the virus? Loss of smell. And I tell you, God is not affected by how stinky our situation is. Your marriage may feel like it's already in the tomb. Your child may have run so far from God. I don't know. And I'm telling you this. This perspective, as I close, last night, my father-in-law that's here this morning picked me up at the airport. My wife, our precious little gift was at home waiting for me and I had told him that I would be home at a certain time. And so when it came to that time and we weren't home quite yet, my wife calls me and says, where are you at? Are you here? Because our little girl knew Dada was coming home and she was standing at the front window of our house and she was looking out waiting for me to pull up and Heather says uh, you gotta get here she is she is losing it meltdown of all meltdowns dad is not here yet where is dad at She was just standing in the back room right here. Heather was holding her. Do you know the only way that she's in our life? Do you know the only reason why we're in this journey to foster, to adopt her? It's because that little girl 
has experienced more loss in her little life of 22 months than some will ever experience in their entire life. Her loss started before she was even born. Because her brother, one of the triplets, two sisters and a brother, her brother would die before she was born because of neglect and abuse. As a result, our precious gift was born in prison. What should have been a special day in a beautiful birthing room with amazing love and anticipation was a day in which her bio mom gave birth and was with her for one hour in prison and then she was taken away. Loss. Loss. She is an innocent little baby and she's only been here on this earth for one hour. She's taken away. Then the very people, family, that was supposed to protect her and take care of her, at three months old, one of them would crush her ribs, breaking ten of her ribs, and be taken to an ER. As painful as it is, because the last few weeks, I've just been thinking that the guy that she calls Dada was not there for her the day that she needed a parent the most. three months old broken in so much pain with broken ribs is one of the most painful injuries you could have and she had 10 and I can't even imagine her laying up in a hospital in so much pain and the one thing that she needed the most was a mom and a dad holding her and telling her everything's going to be okay we're going to get through this but her loss, her loss of a childhood, her loss of a wonderful birth, her loss of a brother, her loss of her innocence, her loss. It's not me. She's lost. No, that loss gives my wife and I the chance to this year walk through the process of adopting her and making her our own little child where she will always have someone to protect her. Your loss doesn't get the right to mean you're lost forever. I want you to stand with me if you would please just bow your heads and 
perspective, church. God, I pray right now, Lord, in a supernatural way that you would do what I cannot do. You would do what man cannot do. God, I stand here today with such brokenness and I feel like there's at least at least one person. I feel like there's more. But God, you, you brought that story to my mind. I didn't share it in the first service of another Sunday morning recently where a mother, 24 hours after Sunday morning service, she would be staring at the unthinkable. And she would lose a son to suicide that on that Sunday morning, she was afraid. She didn't know what the outcome was. She didn't know what level that he was at. God, we have no idea what we may face, but God, today, may we have that perspective that no matter how difficult 2020 has been and no matter how much it's robbed from us, no matter how much loss, loss of life through family and friends because of a virus, loss of a company that we sacrificed and invested for, loss of a job, of, of income, of finances, of relationships, loss of milestones that, that could not be celebrated even loss of celebration of life moments. People that have passed, we could not even have those. Loss of laying in a hospital alone and afraid and fighting a deadly disease and yet not one family or friend could be there to touch and hold their hand and encourage them. So much loss, but God, may we be reminded as we are reminded of the story of Lazarus that even though the situation appears to be done and dead and stinks and is in the grave, God, when you show up, it's the day. Today is the day that you did declare to that thing that stands between us and the joy of the Lord and the hope and the anticipation that life is going to be okay and it's going to be get better and we are on our way to heaven. God, whatever that stone is that stands between us and resurrection. Resurrection of a marriage, of a relationship, of a child that has, Lord, turned their back on God, that's running from the family, no matter what it is. We take the same authority that we have in your name and we say to that stone, be removed. Take away the addiction. Take away the depression. Take away the suicidal thought. Take away the guilt and the sin. Take it away. Take away our loss, Lord, because we are not lost because we have you.